I V M. Hi, we're Team Splainer. Welcome to an all-new episode of Press Decode, a weekly podcast where we take Splainer's mission to declutter the news one step further. Check out our newsletter for more stories and follow us on at Splainer In to keep up with all the fun things we plan for our Splainer fam. So sit back, relax, and don't let the news give you the blues. I'm Ragini, and I have with me Vagda, Samreen, and Sara. Take it away, Vagda. Hi, I'm Vagda. I'm a proud cancelist of the hustle culture. Hi, I'm Samreen. Your resident drama queen who has been thrust into the world of adulting. Clearly a disaster waiting to happen. Or maybe a miracle? <laughs> I'm Sarah. Given how cynical I sound most times, you'd think I'm 40-ish, but I'm surprisingly all of 21. And I'm Ragini, your host for the day. And I'm what you get when a kid who watches too much TV ends up getting good grades. Basically, I'm a pop culture nerd. We have three segments for you today. In our big story, we talk about the Pandora Papers and try breaking down all the financial jargon surrounding it. In our Food for Thought segment, we talk about the show taking the internet by storm, Squid Game. And don't worry, we're all at different stages of binging the show, so no spoilers ahead. Finally, we will be roasting and toasting our fave and least fave items. So, without further ado, let's get into our big story. Now, you guys may have heard of the Panama Papers leak back in 2016. The International Consortium of Investigative Journalists, or the ICIJ, was responsible for that. And they have now conducted another investigation into the financial assets of the wealthy and well-connected. The ICIJ has more than 650 reporters and a number of partner publications, including the Indian Express in India. They had access to nearly 12 million documents and files from 14 financial services companies, which set up about 29,000 off-the-shelf companies and private trusts. The Pandora Papers mentioned around 35 current and former world leaders and 300-plus public officials and more than 130 people listed as billionaires by Forbes magazine. Those in deep water range from Sachin Tendulkar to the King of Jordan to Pakistani PM Imran Khan's finance minister. The documents uncovered by the ICIJ include emails, memos, incorporation records, share certificates, compliance reports, and complex diagrams showing labyrinthian corporate structures. And often, they allow the true owners of opaque shell companies to be identified for the first time. Gerard Ryle, the director of the ICIJ, called the Pandora Papers, and I'm going to quote him, the Panama Papers on steroids. It's broader, richer, and has more details. So basically, the rich are shady. But we knew that, right? What's interesting about the Pandora Papers is that they reveal how the very wealthy have found new loopholes in business entities to protect their money. And not all of it is actually illegal, just immoral but i'm so confused how does that even work (laughs) okay so speaking of the unlucky few whose names have popped up in the pandora papers if you are one of them then please hit me up and we can be bffs for life (laughs) all of us all of us (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm just kidding but what i mean to say is that the pandora papers basically reveal the names of the world's most powerful people who hid their wealth and assets in secret offshore companies. Now, why did they do so, you ask? Well, 
such people are always prone to attacks whether criminal or from their own government or they want to invest in something that can help multiply their assets but don't want anyone to know so these people basically put all of their money in fake companies across borders as a way of safekeeping which is surprisingly legitimate and totally legal or rather some of it is the most like dishonest billionaires <laughs> take advantage of this loophole to launder money turn black money into white and either evade or avoid paying up their taxes they sound the same you say not surely tax evasion basically means hiding your income details or information uh, or information from the authorities which is totally illegal and can result in fines penalties or even jail time tax avoidance on the other hand is totally legal people or companies can use loopholes in the tax laws to their advantage and minimize the amount of taxes they have to pay avoidance is legal that does not sound like a statement that should be true <laughs> i know exactly so now you all might wonder that how can you allow tax avoidance yeah exactly isn't it like totally unethical i think it's just a technical name you know um, i mean in like common parlance tax evasion and avoidance might mean the same thing but technically there might be a difference i think i understand why we don't know of this we're never going to reach that stage of income where we have to differentiate between tax avoidance hey. and tax evasion hey we're journalists come on vagda <laughs> i mean see actually paying minimal to no taxes is really smart and takes a lot of planning mm. you all uh, use the law stated to your advantage and pay what is only needed to the government mm. as for uh-huh. regulating how much tax can be avoided the government has set up the general anti avoidance rule or gar it basically helps tax evasion and avoidance of the country mm-hmm. now take for example an individual may avoid paying taxes and use the remaining money as charity or for doing good in the world mm. it can also definitely go the other way and the same person can take advantage of it but mm. all of this is a very gray area and it depends on what the money is being specifically used for mm-hmm. as for it being a question of ethics that too depends on the ethical foundation of that individual <laughs> as well as what is expected of them from mm. others mm. okay see i get avoidance and i get evasion but i'm just thinking that if the legitimate tax that they pay that they should pay is enough as well you know like mm. and what happens when they don't pay so let's get a little bit into what our tax system is like there is the direct tax system and then there is the indirect tax system the direct tax system is basically income tax because you pay directly to the government This is a grade twelve eco throwback. I did not want or expect. <laughs> Thanks, man. More okay. flashbacks. So, for those who didn't do economics in twelfth, uh, indirect tax means tax that is indirectly paid to the government, like GST or customs. Basically, where you're not paying directly to the government, you're paying to the some to that person who is providing you with the goods or the services, right? Now, the in the indirect tax system, there are three types of taxation: progressive. proportional and regressive progressive tax is where the income rate of income tax increases with the increase in income so i pay 5% tax on uh, the basic slab of 250000 rupees per annum if that's my income i pay 5% tax if i have an income of 5 lakhs per annum i pay 10% and it keeps on increasing 
proportional mm-hmm. is where the same rate of tax applies no matter what the income slab so i pay 10% as a person who earns 5 lakh rupees an annum or 5 crores an annum it's the same okay okay and regressive is where the rate of tax decreases where with increase in income so you're poor and you get you pay more tax oh, that's hi. regressive I'm mortified that my first thought is this is for marks in CBSE <laughs> since you gave examples also. <laughs> Maybe that's where I'm getting this from. Ah, uh, like just you you explained and then you gave example four on four. Mm. Like the format is embedded in our yeah. heads. Oh, shit, dude, shit. <laughs> the CBSE throwback. Love y'all. <laughs> So we have a progressive system. Obviously, until we reach the income slab of fifteen lakhs per annum, after this level, no matter how much your income, you still get taxed only thirty percent. So we are progressive till fifteen lakhs, and then we are proportional. Now, statistically speaking, an overwhelming majority of individuals fall below the minimum tax threshold. That is two lakh fifty thousand rupees per annum. Any guesses on how much of our population actually ends up paying tax? I want to be absurd and say like one percent. Oh my god, that is right. Oh my god, are you serious? Yeah. No, yeah. I was just being stupid, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Holy shit! One percent of our population pays tax, income tax. Indians are not ghapla wala. Well, it's not. I don't think ghapla <laughs> as much as wealth disparity. You know. Yeah, that is wealth disparity also. Whoa. Significant wealth disparity. I mean, imagine you don't have two lakh fifty thousand rupees per annum as your income. That's ninety nine percent of your population. Is that actually true, or do people just <laughs> that's the that? thing? Now, in that tiny percent, also there is gross inequality. Let's just, I mean, yeah. discount the fact that yes, there's a lot of like ghapla going on, but huh. within that one tiny percent, also. According to a report by Credit Suisse from 2019, around 3,500 Indians hold wealth that would provide an annual rentier income of more than 500 crores. Just rents, no labor, oh. no work. What did you do? You just owned a property Shit. and got rent man, on it. Man, I want to be rich. Man, <laughs> yeah, man, that's the life, man. I'm gonna invest in property, man. I want to know the difference between tax avoidance and tax evasion. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I just told you notes. there are 3,500 Indians who hold wealth that would provide that much income, right? But according to the CBDT, which is the Central Board of Direct Taxes, which keeps tabs on income tax, it said that in their records in 2017 and 18, that financial year, only 179, 179 people reported having that much income. When oh reportedly 3,500 people have that much wealth. And by the way, in 2019, that figure came down to three people. Now I don't know whether this is a problem in journalism or income tax reporting. <laughs> I want to say the latter just to keep our people safe. But yeah. the, look, the deal is whatever the issue, whether it's journalism or whether it's income tax reporting, you have a problem. Yeah, you obviously are not enough income tax than you should be, hmm. which is also made very clear by the Pandora Papers. Yeah, mm-hmm. but what happens when we don't collect income tax as much as we should? So when we don't collect income tax, we start concentrating on. indirect tax which affects everyone equally even those who don't pay income tax at all so people who don't get 2 lakh 50000 as their income per annum also pay tax indirect tax and you want to buy toothpaste 
it has as much gst levied on top of it of the selling price for someone who doesn't make minimum wage as mukesh ambani so same goes for excise duty that is on like petrol and diesel which makes everything expensive because transportation of everything is expensive after that so mm. toothpaste food grain everything is more expensive because of indirect tax yeah now according to 2021 figures our indirect tax contribute to half of the government's revenue which can you imagine like we have 1% of our population paying income tax which contributes to the government's 50% revenue basically wow and the other 50% comes from indirect tax now my whole point about all of this was that structurally our economy and the way our tax system is built only allow the wealthy to be rich no matter yeah. how hard you work you're never going to be a millionaire mm-hmm. by just working unless you have property yeah. or invest my god i'm becoming a biz bro <laughs> or you take notes the kind that ragni is taking about tax evasion versus tax avoidance <laughs> that's another way guys <laughs> you know if you want to know more about this there's a really nice episode by uh, vox vox explained on netflix called millionaires explained and that has a little bit more on how yeah. the economy is built yeah 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 i've seen yeah yeah this like uh, you have to be wealthy to be rich thing they explain it so well in that mm. yeah highly recommended i'm definitely going to put it on my watch list because i need to know i want money man <laughs> no i mean is there any scope or am i just going to be upset at the end of watching <clears throat> uh it's about perspectives oh, oh god, god. oh scrap <laughs> <Stop> that <laughs> anyway okay so like ragini mentioned the pandora papers are being described as the panama papers on steroids i'm saying this only because i love that quote honestly <laughs> but uh but it's basically because it has a lot more detail from almost 12 million documents and to make the do- investigation a reality more than 650 journalists in 117 countries went through uh lots of files from 14 different sources for months before publishing the details while the findings may not be directly incriminating or even illegal as we have established it does put the spotlight on the tiny percentage of the world's most powerful people who are just getting richer unethically mm-hmm. i mean incriminating or not there is an ethics problem here for sure yeah. and yet the world reported the pandora papers in a variety of ways bbc did the most fascinating roundup of the same and i'm going to link it below but let's start with india the details were exclusively first put out by the indian express whose journalists toiled for around 12 months to get the details about the indian names there are 300 plus indian names and indian express has investigated 60 of the most prominent ones which include anil ambani kiran mazumdar shaw's husband john shaw and also nirav modi's sister pooreen modi but other than this i personally did not see very much on any other news organizations feed did you all mm-hmm. no not no. really precisely and i mean even when we were doing it for spanner it was pretty hard to find enough so other than the compulsory cursory acknowledgement there hasn't been very much however on a surprising upside the central government has promised a probe into the evidence unlike the shoddy way we've been dealing with the pegasus expose that last i heard was still waiting for a supreme court panel i hope this investigation pans out better mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. countries very much like india include jordan kenya and russia where once again there were only cursory mentions of the investigation despite the fact that key heads of state from these countries were revealed to have multiple offshore transactions 
Yeah. On the other hand, on an almost surprising flip side, Pakistan mm-hmm. has been doing a kick-ass job with their reporting. Ooh. Despite the allegations against the country's Prime Minister Imran Khan's inner circle of cabinet ministers and their families, yeah. all of the country's major newspapers cover the revelations and even TV news shows cover the allegations in detail. Khan also said that the case would be investigated in Pakistan. So yeah, yeah, that's basically how parts of the world looked at the Pandora Papers. Hmm, that's so interesting. That's just like that. Even the reporting on it has been different all over the right? world. I know. Yeah, that is crazy. That's <laughs> that's that. No, it's very interesting. But um, yeah, on that note, we come to the end of this segment. We will be back after a short break. You are listening to Press Decode on the IVM Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to Press Decode on the IVM Podcast Network. We're Team Splainer, and make sure you follow us on at Splainer In on Instagram and Twitter to keep up with the Splainer fam. It is now time for some food for thought. South Korean internet service provider SK Broadband has sued Netflix, demanding that the company pay the costs for increased network traffic and maintenance work created by the wildly popular show Squid Game. And for those of you who haven't gotten to it yet, it is basically a show set in a dystopian world where indebtedness is at an all-time high. And as Fortune magazine describes it, destitute people are lured into playing simple children's games to win money or die trying. Presently, it has been seen by over 28 million viewers worldwide, and the show is on its way to becoming Netflix's most popular non-English language show. So, yay for diversity and I'm sure Ooh-hoo. if you haven't seen it or gotten to it yet, you've definitely heard of it or seen memes about it mm. for sure. The show is currently the most streamed show in the US and the UK, and it's even developed a sort of cult following online. But when anything becomes this popular, especially in the age of the internet, there are bound to be some problems. So, for starters, on Sunday, a violent street fight broke out in Paris when fans of the show queued up outside a pop-up store that was. dedicated to the show and um yeah it was very violent and the police had to get involved so that was pretty bad and then there is also the fact that korean viewers have said that the english translation offered in the subtitles of the show are mostly wrong mm. so yeah <laughs> yeah this one had me heartbroken because i saw the show and i was like oh my god spectacular i'm like i possibly didn't understand most of it correctly <laughs> <laughs> but okay Obviously, I'm a sucker for anything making news in pop culture, so I'm going to watch Squid Games like ASAP just just to see what all the hype is about. Even, but have any of you seen it? Any thoughts? What's what's so, up? So so see, <laughs> I'm a newbie to the K drama world. When I saw Squid Game, I thought, "Huh, Hunger Games." Hmm. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am basic. <laughs> But did you know that this type of plot with a bloody game show set in a near future dystopian setting was first popular in Japan? It started oh. out with this novel by the name Battle Royale by Koshun Takami, which led to wildly popular Japanese movies of the same name by Kinji Fukasaku. Mm. Movies so popular that Whoa. you could apparently get T-shirts of Battle Royale at Comic Cons in the US for years before it was legally available to watch in the US. It was banned 
Wow. Or not wow. banned. Actually, I'm not sure because there is, uh, as a news report say that fans insist that it was banned because you know it drums up a little bit of like interest and it becomes a little more cool because you know it was banned. <laughs> it wasn't ever legally available to watch, okay. but there wasn't specifically a ban. So yeah, it's a little gray. I'm not gonna say that there was a ban. Okay. Okay. Point is, it was very popular. It was there on in Comic Cons when you couldn't watch the movie. and there is a lot of fan fiction around it too as expected <laughs> some say that suzanne collins um the author of hunger games trilogy uh you know my reference for uh, squid game <laughs> basically plagiarized the plot from battle royale oh no no way what yeah yeah it was really really good but now i don't know i mean i i liked it when it had come out now yeah, i'm not I mean... so sure well point is suzanne collins also claims innocence she doesn't She says ah. that she didn't know about the people in the Pandora Papers also claim innocence. Trust me, <laughs> <laughs> innocence is very easy to claim. <laughs> well, here's what else I found out this week. Uh, this plot about uh, you know some higher puppeteer g- getting people to kill each other for his own fun has been around since uh, the most dangerous game, which was a film released in the US in 1932. Okay. Wow, that's old. Yep. <laughs> But that was that was a little bit like a little bit different. It didn't have teenagers. The point was that, but uh, that somebody deliberately stranding a group of luxury yacht uh, passengers on a remote island where he would then hunt them for sport. Oh, oh. what? <laughs> yeah. So um, you just said rich people were getting hunted down, and I cracked up. This is awful. <laughs> I'm not actually this bad a person. I don't hate rich people. No, this is just like notes for rich people to keep in mind. Uh, you know, if you're going on a boat, uh, what is already on the list is not to carry illegal drugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, poor boy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Not gonna lie. Even I'm mostly new to the world of Korean pop culture. As basic as just Parasite and Squid Game. So don't attack me, y'all. But One thing struck me over the last couple of weeks: every single Western website had at least one piece along the lines of "loved Parasite." You cannot miss Squid Games, Netflix's uh-huh. latest K horror series. Mm. This FII is a straight headline from Vogue. Okay, so again, establishing it again, I am no pop culture expert, but just the fact that they both depicted the class struggle and a sort of dystopian capitalism. Mm-hmm. How do you make it much of an overlap, really? Mm. Yeah. Mm. For those of you who, ha- who haven't watched either, why? <laughs> um, considering you haven't watched Game of Thrones, uh, that's a bit rich, madam. <laughs> Unnecessary slander, but I'm going to clarify here. The only reason I haven't watched Game of Thrones is because it's objectively hilarious when you tell a fan. Just, just try it. Even if how many fans have seen it? I haven't seen it. One. Neither have I. Wow! No, this is a group no, of four who have not seen. It. Oh, we're gonna get cancelled so quick, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so quick. But try it out. I'm sure you know enough of these crazy Game of Thrones fans. Just tell them they haven't seen. They're gonna take it personally. Hurts yeah. them. It's so funny. It Which is. is why I just don't watch. I actually enjoyed the first season, you know. But I'm petty. <laughs> 
regardless, I suggest petty or not, watch Squid Game and Parasite. It's worth it. But uh-huh. I'm going to be nice and give a quick plot summary without spoiling it, of course. Squid Game follows a group of debt-shitten people who agree to participate in seemingly innocent games that they played as kids for a whopping 45.6 billion won of about $53 million, all up for grabs for the winner. Parasite, on the other hand, follows uh, the poor Kim family who live in a shabby, cramped, half-basement apartment. They see an opportunity out of their doom when their son starts working for a wealthy family. Soon, all of them find a way to essentially start living a parasitic life. Yep. So, like I said, nothing more than a general anti-capitalistic thing. That's about it. But do a quick search on your social media and the signature op-eds and reviews about the deep similarities will just not stop. And thankfully, my irritation with this absurd American obsession with the two was not unfounded. And it was, I wasn't imagining it. It led me to a piece by someone called Gavia Baker-Whitlaw, who basically attributed it to the fact that American pop culture doesn't really have enough direct critiques of capitalism, unless it's your signature rags to riches, big American dream sort of movie. Yeah. I mean... And then I looked up more. Back in 2018, during the Oscar season, Guardian really had a whole article asking, where are all the films about poor Americans? Oh my God, yeah. Right? And the tiny bit of progress we've made in two years, by 2020, New York Times rounded up the movies under the headline, some movies actually understand poverty in America. So, yeah, there is a serious gap and that is, of course, being filled by fetishizing the East and all its poverty that's there in abundance, of course. Yeah. And all the movies that get like critical acclaim also, like from India, like Lion and Slumdog, all of these movies. Are, it's, why is it all about poverty? It doesn't help that it has the same guy also. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Oh, my God. Actually. Anyway. And I mean, I think this really explains the embarrassing comparison that everyone was struggling to draw. I mean, they started off mm. and when you read the articles, you can it's, it's objectively hilarious to see them try and make the connections out of nothing. Yeah. I remember I seeing this on Twitter. Someone reasoned it out very simply. Well, this is what happens when the only two Korean things you consume are Parasite and Squid Games. Mm. <laughs> Guilty as charged, yeah. but at least I'm not drawing these absurd comparisons out of thin hair. So I am safe. Mm. Yeah. Only other thing that we we have uh, consumed from Korean culture is like uh, cutesy, lovey-dovey shows and uh, anything other than that, gore or thriller is Parasite. So, yeah, I think (laughs) it's the lack of consumption that is. (laughs) That is true. But unlike you, Sarah, I am into (laughs) anything and everything Korean. So when Squid Game released, I couldn't not watch. Squid Mm, Game was like, totally blown up all over the world and everyone yeah. is obsessed uh-huh. yeah but again as ragini said shows like these have such a big impact on its fan base and can definitely become a pretty huge deep mm-hmm. again as it gets more popular if anything goes wrong the backlash too becomes huge yeah hmm. yeah what i mean to say is that everything gets analyzed in such shows it yeah. doesn't matter if you weren't able to pinpoint the finer stuff Nothing mm. can be missed by the crazily obsessed pop culture fanatics. Uh, yeah, fair. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they seem to go for their obsessions with a fine tooth comb. 
Each and every detail is noticed, and every possible conspiracy about the show is discussed among like-minded people. Yes. Now, this was great to increase the show's audience, but on the other hand, it's not so great for the person affected. Mm-hmm. One such accident happened with Squid Game Two. Did you all know that it leaked an actual working phone number by mistake? No way. I actually did read it. It was insane. It blew my mind. <laughs> I, That's I mean, mad. Can you imagine the phone number that was written on the business cards, uh, which were distributed in the first episode? Though that number belongs to an actual businessman living in Korea. Oh my god! I thought these numbers would be fake, yeah. Same. <laughs> Even I assumed, but apparently that's not all true. No, so now, ever no, since no. that show debuted, uh, the guy's phone started blowing up with calls and messages from fans all over the world. Poor guy, man. Oh, no. <laughs> no. I know. So in the end, Netflix had to step in to protect his privacy, and they decided to remove the shots which contained his number. Okay. This is as ridiculous as they actually tried to create a fake number, but then like there are so many phone numbers, it just happened to be a real one. This thing, ha, X Y Z. Oh shit! It's an actual person. <laughs> but they must have a system for it, don't they? Yeah, no, they just call and check. No, I think it's as basic as that. That would be a good system. <laughs> So now, in fact, according to my research, these incidents are pretty common. Mm, Yeah, a similar thing happened in India after Shersha was released. Oh, okay. In Shersha's case, though, a number plate got leaked instead. A car in the movie, which was used by militants, had a number plate registered under a Kashmiri journalist. Oh my god! God. God. Other things need to get worse for Kashmiri journalists. No, yeah. The Shit. poor guy then tweeted out the scene from the movie and said that he and his family felt unsafe traveling in his car, and has yeah. since filed ca- a case against Dharma Productions. Damn. Okay. And for your information, this also happened in 2003 when Bruce Almighty was released, causing the receiver coincidentally. <laughs> and note this: the receiver was also named Bruce. To get hilarious messages <laughs> attempting to reach God. <laughs> Damn, that's funny. I know. So these incidents simultaneously cracked me up as well as blew my mind. Yeah. So it got me thinking about all of the shit that goes down in the world and how we are completely unaware about most of it, man. It seems uh-huh. like pop culture has merged into the real world, leaving a trail of destruction behind it for an unlucky few. Hmm. Yeah. No, for sure. Like the world of fandoms and stuff is a whole different universe in itself. And like, yeah, all of these instances are crazy to think about. But I'm also not surprised. Like when, fa- like, like when. Can I do an unnecessary throwback to Harry Styles Snowflake? I was just gonna say, like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, this is shocking. But also me AF, like, in one direction. Uh, anyway with that we come to an end of our second segment we will be right back after a short break you are listening to press decode on the ivm podcast network welcome back to press decode on the ivm podcast network it's time for our final segment this week roast or toast how do we want to do this do we want to start with uh, least favorite Yes, always. Sarah. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. Sarah, let's, let's do it. it. Woo. Okay, guys. I'm a happy person. 
no i'm not <laughs> <laughs> so back in 2019 uh, a festival goes at the popular glastonbury festival in the uk did so many drugs that their urine contaminated the nearby river <laughs> and endangered aquatic life including a rare species of eels yes oh, i'm going to give you a minute whoa. to just wrap your head around this you i'm just imagining the amount of urine <laughs> <laughs> drugs but sure <laughs> together we've covered it uh, a newer study found that the amount of mdma was 104 times greater downstream than upstream in the weeks after the festival while the cocaine concentration Whoa. was 40 times stronger honestly what the hell oh, no. yeah i'm too horrified and mad to coherently diss on this nonsense so i'm just going to remind festival goers for post pandemic times please use washrooms to pee and puke yeah oh puke reference to you. who who is it, who is this for puking no one mentioned any puke in this glastonbury festival huh? oh no tara where is this coming from from personal <laughs> experience how is a very oh i literally just wrote uh, nn7 weekend at 2019 i am so sorry <laughs> uh, mercifully the festival was cancelled in 2020 due to the pandemic and the eels are slightly happier i hope yeah bless the eels <laughs> Okay, I also have a least fave this week. So, at the Dubai Expo, there is a perfect copy of Michelangelo's statue of David on display. You know, David, David the nude boy made from marble from the Renaissance time <laughs> on display in <laughs> Florence. One second. David the nude boy. Just <laughs> send nudes to like Oh, high pro max yeah. 2021 level yeah. imagine like michelangelo michelangelo is making david and he's like someday he will be called david the nude boy <laughs> but he is the nude boy but you know what i'm talking about right that's the point yeah, yeah, yeah. of bringing up the nude boy oh god we need to stop with the nickname but yeah <laughs> okay so the one in dubai is uh 17 feet tall and it's made of resin and it was made using 3d printing so it's obviously an exact replica the big butt is <laughs> david's crotch <laughs> what no that only for me to crack up no you you set it up for me to sound immature thanks man yeah yeah i was just waiting so the big butt is david's crotch organizers of the exhibit have covered his crotch because it caused enormous embarrassment oh why A tour guide said when it comes to UAE culture we are still conservative and we do look at nudity as something which shouldn't be displayed. Now they've displayed this 17 feet tall statue in a case made of columns and glass which starts on one floor and extends to the one above. So visitors to the upper floor can only see David's head and shoulders while the statue's nether regions are visible uh from the floor below but that space is only open to vips and diplomats oh my god what vips diplomats and diplomats get the nudes yes <laughs> they are man. vip What? made uh, nudes yeah they're not nudes for everybody uh-huh but the point is you know what they also tried to put underpants on him <gasps> no oh my god <laughs> oh michael angelo i'm sorry yeah, i was so <laughs> glad you're dead and gone <laughs> oh this uh, david the nude boy with mammy poco pants <laughs> oh boy okay news guys we do very serious news yeah man 
Okay, so now I have a fave item. Okay. Marie Antoinette, the famous Queen of France, was exchanging letters, but not with her husband. Oh, Those letters were addressed to the Swedish Count Axel von Fersen, who was her rumored lover, and whom she Ooh. met in France when she was just eighteen. Mm. Oh my god! I see. I stand. I know. <laughs> Imagine how the scandal must have been received in that era. Yeah. But just until I'm... recently, selected contents of those letters had been blotted out by someone anonymous. Okay. Thanks to the wonders of modern technology, those censored parts of the letters have finally been revealed. Mm-hmm. And the most interesting thing about these letters was not its extremely intimate nature, but the fact that the anonymous censor was none other than Fersen himself. Why? Ooh. Oh my god. <laughs> so as someone who is always invested in all kinds of drama, this scandalous piece of gossip, which is also a big part of the world's history, was my favorite news item of the week. And it also kind of made me think about Bridgerton. I was just oh my god, I was just going to say like this is so Bridgertony. Wow. I can't believe it. <laughs> Um okay so I also have a fave item this week the October cover of Playboy magazine features the male influencer Bretman Rock and I love him so yay yeah. and um <laughs> now okay there's a lot to be said about Playboy and their recent attempt at revamping their image it's actually not far off from the Victoria's Secret rebrand but Bretman Rock is a superstar and he deserves this so I'm happy for him. Um Bad Bunny who was the first guy besides Hugh Hefner to be on the cover of Playboy. But obviously like Bretman has taken it one step further. He's wearing the signature Playboy bunny ears and the highest heels I've ever seen and again maybe me but his cover actually made me think of Playboy in a new light and obviously it's 2021 and pr and all of that exists so i don't want to attach too much meaning to the cover but yeah personally i actually can't believe that i have a favorite playboy cover now i don't know what for the that... other contenders dude <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know it's just <laughs> it's fine it's fine fave for all <laughs> and that was our show this week Thank you so much for joining us on Press Decode. You can catch us every Thursday on the IVM Podcast Network. And guys, please remember, don't let the news give you the blues.